Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. My conversation today is with Beth Sloan, a registered dietitian who has followed her passion from day one by knowing she wanted to be an educator when she went to college. She is now a professor teaching nutrition to future registered dietitians. My book, I'm a Dietitian Now What?, is available for purchase at annelizabethrd.com, where you can catch up on my awesome blog posts and everything Anne Elizabeth. Beth Sloan is a registered dietitian I was thrilled to meet upon my journey to New Orleans. She's a native to New Orleans, and we had a great conversation about her journey so far. She has worked in clinical, outpatient diabetes, cardiac rehab, public health, and is currently a professor at Nichols College in Louisiana. She specializes in teaching, evaluating, and advising undergraduate dietetic students, and she not only is a professor, but is currently the president of the Louisiana Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. She truly gives back to the success of our profession and our conversation she actually gave back to me by telling me and teaching me about her favorite city. We shared pralines, and I learned how to pronounce it properly, at Laura's Candies and had a Pimm's Cup at the Napoleon House. It was an absolute joy to get to know Beth, learn more about her registered dietitian journey, and also about her hometown. Please enjoy my conversation with Beth. Well, I'm very excited that you took your time out of your Sunday to come chat with me today. Sure. And I just, you know, let's kind of start. I would love to know where you kind of got started with your passion for nutrition and where you kind of ended up deciding I want to be a dietitian when I grow up. I guess it started with me in high school um, with my interest in food and nutrition. I took a, a traditional home economics class in high school and um, I was I always liked science and thought I always wanted to go into some kind of health field but didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So when I was in this home ec class, my teacher was talking about the fact that, well, you can become a dietitian, you can work with, and I didn't know anything about that. So I kind of put it out of my head. And then when I got to college, I really thought I was gonna go to physical therapy school. And I went to talk to my counselor and discuss that. And she, we just didn't think that I was the, that was going to be the right fit for me. So she said, well, what did you like in high school? And I said, I liked home ec. And she said, well, we have a degree here in home ec. Back then, in the 80s, it was home economics. And she said, why don't you take the first nutrition class and see if you like it? And then that way you can de- decide. And from then on, um, that was right. what I, de- I decided, that this was what I really wanted to do. So where did you go to college then? I went to LSU in Baton Rouge. And do they still have that same program? Yes, they do. They do. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. And it's gone through a couple of different name changes <laughs> um, since 1984. But yes, they just they still have the program there. That's well. And so, did you ever waver in that whole time when you started taking classes? Were you like, "Yep, this is the right fit"? I, I didn't waver at all. Once I took the first nutrition class in college, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. So in college, you kept doing. Did you focus mostly on nutrition classes, then, or did you have the other home ec? 
kind of components. That yes, we had to have the, the other uh, other home ec components. Yes, so we had to have a class in each one of the disciplines. So, what are the disciplines in that? Uh, textiles, clothing, and textiles was one. Um, early childhood education was another, and I can't even remember the other one. And then your I think it was education. I think it was home economics education. Okay. Um, so then everything else was food and nutrition. And so you did all your classes, and then you got to your internship kind of deciding. So tell me about the internship process. How did you decide where you wanted to go, what your focus wanted to be, scariest time in our lives as dietitians? So. Right. Um, well, I had decided that I wanted a master's degree. So when I was talking to my counselor in college, she said, well, what, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I would really like to teach one day. And she says, well, if you really want to teach, you need to get a master's degree. So you need to find an internship that's either combined with a master's degree or you need to go on and get your master's degree after that. So I um, found two programs in Houston that had a combined master's degree plus an internship. And this was before the match process. Yes. So I did all of that process. So um, I applied to those two programs in Houston with a master's degree. And then I applied to three other programs that were just internships. Just internships yeah. So I was lucky enough. Um, it was the first year that we actually, I participated in the match. It was the first year, okay. but we didn't have that centralized, the DICA, centralized application system. So glorious system they have yes. now. <laughs> so you waited for your thing in the mail. Yes, and I remember it clear to this day, that whole day of waiting for the mail to get there. So um, I was lucky. I was matched to the Houston VA uh, internship with at Texas Women's University. So I did, I did that program. It was about a year and a half um, to complete my master's and complete the internship. I think that's such a great... Well, now it's going back to the master's program, anyway. So it's funny how it's kind of coming full circle. Yes. Uh -huh. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? Just as an educator yourself, I I have I think it's wonderful that the profession is moving to the minimum standard of a master's degree. Mm -hmm. I'm just not sure of the the future models that recently came out. I have some reservations, and I don't think that some of the people that were in on making the decisions really took into account how it's going to affect universities, how it's going to affect standalone internships. And so I have a lot of reservations. So that's one of the things that I'm going to at Fancy is to go to all those sessions and listen to them and ask the questions that are very important. They are. Well, and, that's, mm -hmm. and I think with internships alone, we're struggling with having enough of those to meet the, the students that want to be dietitians. Correct. And so to convince dietitians to be preceptors is, is one thing. And I think that we need to really come together as a profession and, and really look at what, what's important and how, how are we educating our future dietitians and is this model working and if this model is not working how can we change that um so i'm not sure that 
what they've put forward is the correct way or the best way, I think that there's other options that we can look at. And I'm all for looking at all the options and debating all the options before we go ahead and make a decision about something that we look back on five years later and say, okay, this is not working. Work. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. And I also precept. I think it's that's one of the biggest, most important things I can, think you can do as a dietitian. I love I've done it since my very first job. And <laughs> Did you? Yeah. In fact, the, the funny thing was that on my very first job, um, I was just registered and my clinical nutrition supervisor said, well, we have some interns that are coming in and you need to, since you have the ICU and, and CCU, you need to precept these interns. And I thought... Okay, well, I just graduated three months ago, <laughs> but she said, it's okay. Well, the people that came into that internship class, I had gone to college with two of them. Did you? <laughs> they had gone and gotten their master's first before they came through before. their internship. Right. So I was a little ahead of them in that process. And so when they showed up, I thought, wait a minute, I had classes with and you at I'm LSU. And now I'm your preceptor. Yeah, it was a strange um it was a strange feeling back then. So that's a, so that's a great segue. So you did your internship mm-hmm. and you did it at the VA. We, and great internship, loved it, felt prepared for your profession. By far. By it was far. the it was the best experience of my life. And I don't regret one single day there. Learned so much, have a great respect for the veterans from that. And it was just an eye-opening experience. That's that's good. And that's why I think dietitians need to know that there's there's I think internships out there with those kind of a focus that are available. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to just settle for one because it's close in proximity. And right. I kind of feel like it's good to make the message of, you know, really choose an internship that is going to match along with your passion as a dietitian. So did that match your passion kind of as a, as a dietitian? It did because back then my, my focus was clinical and I was that, that fascinated me and it was something I was really interested in and I wanted to learn as much as I could about that. And it's that, that internship's focus has been and still is a clinical focus. Now my interests are very different. After 25 years of practice, things change and you evolve and you find things that are more of a a different interest for you. And and that's what I try to, to impress upon my students now is that the field of dietetics is so broad and so vast, you don't have to stick with just one area. You can find your niche and and go with that. Absolutely. So your first job was clinical then? It was clinical. And it was Mm -hmm. ICU. It was, yeah, because that's where they had an opening. And so they asked me, what did I like? And I liked that at the VA. Um, So it was ICU, CCU. Uh, a, a geriatrics floor, and we had a burn unit at the time. So that's what Did I was you. assigned. Wow. Those are all very intense, very broad, intense yes. scope of practice for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it took a lot of extra time on my part and studying and remembering all that. But um, I decided after that that I didn't like it. After working in there for three years, that that wasn't, that wasn't the, I I, I was satisfied, I did it, and I was, I I wanted to go in a new direction. So what, so what changed? So you were deciding, I think I need to change my direction. How did you navigate that process? Well, it, it, it was kind of by default that we started a diabetes institute treatment center at the hospital at that at right about that time. And what the, the thing that I didn't like about working in ICU and CCU was that I didn't have the patient contact. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to talk to the patients and, and work with them. I was talking to physicians and, and nurses and things like that, which was 
you know, that's fine, but that's not what I enjoyed about the profession. So when this diabetes company came in and said, well, we're going to start this organized formal diabetes education program, they asked me to be the dietitian that would work with that. And I went through a lot of training. I earned my CDE at the time wow. and really enjoyed it because I was teaching and I was counseling and I was having and I was interacting with the patient and trying to help them find ways that they could control their diabetes and make lifestyle changes and that sort of thing. And that's what I really started to evolve and change. So how long did you do the diabetes program? I did it at that facility for about a year. And then I an opening came up at a local clinic, hospital and clinic, for an outpatient diabetes educator for a dietitian. And so I moved into that position, and I worked there for five years doing outpatient diabetes education. Did you like that uh that long-term kind of satisfaction by working with the same I did. people. It was much, well, yes, I because I would see them initially, and then I would see them at least every three months for follow-up. And so you got to build a relationship with mm -hmm. that person and see them. And so that I, that's what I liked about that. So five years later, you're kind of wrapping up the diabetes. So what was the next step for you? The next step was I moved to cardiovascular health <laughs> at the clinic the same clinic where I worked okay um, we had a healthy cooking in New Orleans cooking program that we did and from the time I started at in the Diabetes Institute I would teach once a month in those classes all the dietitians at the hospital at the clinic would would teach and so I enjoyed that. I, I was scared to death the first time I had to stand in front of a group of 50 people and do a cooking demonstration. And the dietitian who mentored me, um, she and I are still good friends today. She's an educator today, and she helped me through that process. She taught me what to do. She practiced with me, and it was great. It was a great learning experience. I loved it. So when her job came open five years later, I thought, well, I think... I think now I want to make a change and do something different. I want to learn something new. I want to branch out, and I want to do something different. So I moved into that position. So tell there. me more about that position then. So what was your what was your role? We had it was an outpatient cardiac rehab program. So patients came in for a twelve week rehab cycle, following valve replacement, bypass surgery, heart transplants you name it. And they would come in three days a week and they would meet with the dietitian. We had an exercise physiologist and we had a nurse. So they would meet with each one of us individually at first and then we would have a class with them once a week. So they would come in and they would exercise for about 45 minutes and then they would go into a classroom where we would have a group discussion about something. Um, the cooking classes were something separate from that they were okay. in the evening they were they were once a month and it, they were open to the public and so people came and we had a group of regulars that would come we would have chefs from the local new orleans area that i would work with and we would 
revise one of their recipes to make it heart healthy, oh. and they would prepare that. And so um, it was a real nice experience. That's fun. That mm-hmm. sounds very fun. Mm-hmm. And you got to, again, you had that long-term kind of care with certain people again, and so you got to see the same people over and the over. The same thing. The, with, with the rehab patients, we saw them for 12 weeks. So I would go into the room while they were walking on the treadmill and talk to them. And but then just the regular cardiac patients who would come and see the doctor every three to six months, I would see them as well. Do most uh, cardiac rehab programs have a dietitian as part of the rehab program? That I, I don't know. I don't okay. know how they have them set set up. But I know this one that I was involved with. I was there every day. So if they came in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they had an opportunity to have a contact with a dietitian at least three days during the week. Even if it was, I would walk through each one of the rehab classes just to talk to them about how's everything going. We have are you having any problems? Is there questions I can answer for you? separate from their individual consultations. And so I think that that setup is... That's amazing. It's it's beneficial to the patient because they don't have just a one-shot with Mm -hmm. someone. That's that's probably one dietitian career that I never... You know, would have had on my radar. So I think that's a great thing to break up, bring up that that might be an opportunity for people in an outpatient setting that mm-hmm. could be available in a cardiac. Re- and twelve weeks is a it's, it's a long, long time. It's a long commitment. It's a long yes. it's a long commitment. And the patients were committed to it because they had just gone through a traumatic major. event, mm-hmm. in, in a, and they had to undergo major changes. So a lot of them were having to lose weight in addition to changing their dietary habits, and a lot of them had to quit smoking. And so all of those things combined, they needed that support. They needed that continued reassurance. And to come in every three days to make sure they had it. (laughs) Makes sense. Right. Was it, do you find, did you find that a challenge? Like how, if you compared cardiac, like rehab to diabetes education, are they similar or is it kind of different? They're, they're similar in that I think you have to work with the patient to modify their behavior. Find out what's going to work for that patient. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes the diabetic patient, they can get an immediate feedback with their blood glucose readings. Mm-hmm. And so for them, sometimes it's easier to impress upon them why you want to take your insulin at this time or why your portion sizes or counting grams of carbohydrate is important because they can see an immediate result of that. Whereas the cardiac patient doesn't. They're, they're, the only thing that they can really look at is if their blood pressures are, are changing, if their, if their weight is, is maintaining their weight or losing weight, but they don't get that immediate response with cholesterol changes. And, True. You know, so it's, I, I find sometimes it's harder with the cardiac patients because they just don't get that immediate feedback. They don't see it. They don't see why they're doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how long did you do cardiac rehab for then? Five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. And then where did it, where did you head? Then I made a complete change and got out of clinical dietetics totally. I started working for the Office of Public Health here in Louisiana as their state nutrition education coordinator for the WIC program. Wow. So I went from seeing patients every day to not seeing patients at all. You were it was an office? It was, it was an office, yeah. I worked for the state office in an administrative position. So my job there was to develop nutrition education materials for the WIC participants, to train employees on nutrition counseling and education, and then writing policy and doing 
clinic evaluations. So it was total, totally different. So how did you make that? That's a big leap because like policy and writing nutrition education materials for a state program and a government, I mean, that's, in, that's also a different intensity for it a is. job. It was completely different. And I applied for the job because I knew someone who worked for the office and the, she impressed upon me that I had developed so many education materials before that this was going to be the main focus of my job. I was very naive about the whole thing <laughs> and um, and went for it. And it was, I had to really think hard about change, making that big change, but I felt like I wanted something different at that at that point. After working for almost 15 years in the profession, I wanted something different. So I made the leap of faith and I went for that and ended up working for the Office of Public Health for 10 years. So you really, you enjoyed it? I enjoyed it. It was probably the most transformative job I've ever had from learning different things and getting involved on a different level with nutrition and the profession and seeing the policy side, being the advocate side. And that's something that is now one of my greatest interests and that I really press upon this, my students now is to get involved in that policy aspect of nutrition and dietetics. It's, a, it's scary though. Were it you scared of it when you like? Were you scared of policy? Oh, sure. When, you, yeah. when they told me that the feds were coming to visit, I thought, "Oh my gosh, what do you mean? What are they going to do?" Right? They said, "Oh, the people from the USDA that work in the federal office in Dallas are coming um, down for a training." And um, I, I, I was like, I said, I was naive. I didn't know what that was all about. And on my first day on the job, they sat me down at a desk and said, here, read this. And it was about 300 pages of state policy <laughs> about the WIC program. And I thought, what did I get myself into? Sure. But it it became a challenge to me. I, I, I am a true believer in you, you. it's never too late to learn anything. And I really like learning something new mm -hmm. and challenging myself. So that, to me, was a challenge. And I loved every minute of it that I was there. What was your favorite part about that job? And so you said you did advocacy, you did WIC, you did education development. I mean, was there one that kind of stood out more to you? You know, my favorite thing in that job was actually going out and evaluating clinics. So we had about 100 WIC clinics throughout the state. Okay. And so I was assigned about 10 to 12 a year that I had to go around the state and visit and evaluate. Were you following the policies? They call them management evaluation. So are they following the state policies? Are they following the federal policies? Are we doing this? I had to observe them certifying and educating WIC participants. And that was actually my favorite part of the job because I got to see I had that patient contact so again. Seeing people again. I was seeing people uh -huh. again. So I was there in an administrative capacity doing an evaluation, but I had I got the interaction with the patient again and the children and seeing and seeing the benefit, the direct benefit of a nutrition program and seeing why it's important and why the federal government is spending money on this program because you can see the direct results mm -hmm. and um so it's it's it was something that i truly enjoyed so that was my favorite part was actually going out in the field and getting to travel all over my state and seeing places going to cities and 
parishes that I probably would have never gone, gone to. Because to. mm-hmm. you're from New Orleans. Yes. Born and raised. Yes. Yeah. So you probably didn't venture out too much to different areas because everything is pretty much here with what you need. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I went to school 70 miles away, but, um, <laughs> but, came, but came back but home. Came yeah, but the, yeah, but they were very, and I always picked the rural areas. Of the state. That's where I wanted to go. Was that your favorite? Yeah, Yeah. because it was seeing something different. Mm -hmm. Getting out of the city. And and, and, I remember the first time I saw um, goats on the side. (laughs) The side of the road was was an experience for me because you don't see that. You've never seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you you were there 10 years, so you probably got to know some of these clinics pretty well or was it like on a rotation like you'd go see every three years you'd it was see it was kind of on a rotation basis so okay. some of them I just went to once once yeah um but I did develop a, a good relationship with our our feds our federal <laughs> office in Dallas but also I was a member of the National WIC Association and oh. so that gave me a lot of um insight into policy federal policy that whole budget process which I didn't know anything about um so that was a benefit to me as well so networking I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that like to network and talk to people and find out what are you doing how are you doing it because we can always make our own programs better absolutely by seeing what somebody else is doing Mm-hmm. So that whole networking aspect. So I would go to these WIC association meetings and meet people that had my job in other states, and talk. And I would talk to them and find out. You get be like, what yeah. are you doing? Exactly. How can you know? Are you doing something that I should be doing? Mm-hmm. That's good. Networking is very good, and I think that's a good message for all dietitians that you need to network too. Every job I've ever had, I found by networking. Yeah, except <laughs> my first, except my fir- first, except my first. But every subsequent job was because of, of networking. Oh, you knew someone. I knew somebody who said, "There's a job opening here. I think you would be good." At that, and I think that's a very good point for dietitians. And I always, as a preceptor, I always told my dietitians, you know, never ever dismiss someone that you meet along your journey as a possibility for a future for you. Because like you said, you know, you got your jobs through networking. I got my jobs through networking. And that's mm-hmm. how, I think that's how our profession is. Do you kind of feel that way too? I, I do. Because I think that sometimes people see traits and qualities in you mm-hmm. that you don't see in yourself. And if you do a good job and, and you're, they're going to see that and then you're going to remember that and say, I think in, that you would be good at this. And it, it could be something that you never even pictured yourself doing. <laughs> True. But, mm-hmm. True. So I think networking is essential to our profession. Which is why we need to go to our affiliate meetings and our annual meetings yes. and our national meetings to make sure we're making those connections. Right. Okay, so public health did that for 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're kind of getting closer to present day. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So changing from public health led you into where are you now? I'm now uh, an assistant professor of dietetics at Nickel State University, which is in Thibodeau, Louisiana, down on the bayou. So it's 50 miles I from... Is that a drive? It is. It's 50 miles from my house. So I make that drive uh, every day. Every day. Five days, four to five days a week. And I love it. And I've kind of come full circle from the from the the day that I sat in my counselor's office at LSU when she said, "What do you want to do?" and I said, "I want to teach." So you're here. I'm here. So thirty years later, 
um, where I wanted to be. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm, it's the happiest I've been. Career-wise, it's the happiest that I've been. So it's like you kind of knew even from the get-go when you first got done with school that you did want to teach. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like you would be the teacher you are today if you didn't have all these other experiences? No, I don't. No, I don't. And that's why I think that it's so important in some aspects of undergraduate education that the people who are teaching have some experience, practical experience, working. Um it's invaluable. That that's the favorite. My students, they always tell me, "Tell me another story. Tell me another story." <laughs> so they always like to hear those stories of the patient who X Y Z, sure. or this was my experience, or this happened to me. Um, so I think that that's a valuable. It asset. makes it real light. It makes it re- it connects them to what's going to happen really in the future. It does. For them. Mm-hmm. So you're teaching. You're a full-time teacher. Yes. And you've been teaching how many years now? Uh, this is my fifth. Your fifth year. Mm-hmm. This is kind of where you think that you're going to be for I'm hoping. A I th- while? I'm, I'm hoping that this is my last stop. Your last stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, you came full circle, so you're back to where you originally kind of wanted to be in yes. the future for yourself. So what kind of classes are you teaching then? I teach mostly the professional development courses. So I teach an orientation course. I teach a... Uh, the community nutrition, where I talk about advocacy and the political process so and good. policy um, and federal nutrition programs. I teach a counseling course. I teach our institutional management purchasing class. So I'm, that's oh, one wow. of their beginning food service classes. Um, I teach a life cycle nutrition class, which I, I, I enjoy. And I teach our professional, uh, our seniors, our professional issues class. So that class deals with the code of ethics, the mm-hmm. standards of practice, um, standards of professional performance, licensure issues, public policy, reimbursement, those types of things. You have a great variety that you're teaching. I do. So I teach more of the community professional aspects classes, and I leave the MNT and the clinical things to the person who's most recently come out. And, you know, if they, if, cause if somebody asked me, well, you need to calculate this TPN and I'll oh. pay you $5,000. I, well, I can't do it. So I haven't done it in, in 25 years. I can't do it. Well, it's like kind of like you use it or you lose it. Exactly. If you're not doing it every day, it's exactly. not going to happen. Right. <laughs> but that's a, I think that's a good point to like, you know, you've got that expertise in outpatient. You've got the expertise in public health. And so probably you do feel most comfortable with the classes that you're teaching. I do. And I think that the, the four of us are a good mix. So we have someone who just came out of a clinical management position who's teaching the clinical nutrition courses. We have someone whose who's passion is cooking and recipe development, oh. and she teaches those. And she also teaches our advanced nutrition class because she's she likes that aspect. And then there's me and then as our department chair, who's our PhD. So she teaches a lot of the research Courses. You are a small little unit of, we are. of professionals then. How mm-hmm. big is your program? We have about anywhere from 75 to 100 majors from freshmen to, to seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, so our university is small. We're right at 7,000 students total for the university. And we graduate anywhere from our smallest class has been 12. Our largest class has been 22 students a year. God, that and what a great family! I mean, like your family too. Then you're you and Most, your other three professors, and then 
your kid. I mean, your kids are your, your kids. They are. <laughs> they are. I cry with them. Do you? I do. When they when something happens, I cry with them. Um, I'm happy for them. I cry every year graduation. Um, so I, I like to see them move through that that process. So, um, so yeah, we're a small program. We get to know all the students by sophomore year. We know them all, know them by name, know what their strengths are, try to guide them to toward volunteer and work mm -hmm. where I think that they would grow and develop and experience something new. So what do you, what is your favorite thing about teaching as a dietitian? Cause you think so many people as dietitians, we do think about clinical and outpatient and so teaching is such a huge component because we wouldn't have you, we wouldn't have dietitians. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite thing about it? I think it's showing students the diversity within the profession. And I think that that's important because if you ask a high school student or even a college freshman, what do dietitians do? They Nine times out of ten, they're going to say, oh, they work with patients in a hospital and teach people how to eat healthy. And so I think that my mission is to show our students that the profession is very diverse, that they can follow their interests and find a job or create a job that fits their individual likes and dislikes and what they want to do. That, and I think that's and that's why I'm doing these podcasts because I think that's so important for people to hear the opportunity that's huge right out there. And we try to bring we have a student dietetic association on campus that's very involved and we try to bring at least two former students, graduates, alumni in to talk to them about their about their job and what they're doing. So uh, last, a couple weeks ago, we had a graduate who started her own yoga studio and has a um, has a healthy, has a juice bar and they have healthy breakfast items. They have a farmer's market that comes in and brings fresh produce that people can buy. And it's amazing. And she she and her and a, and a, and a partner who was the yoga inspiration created this business. And so she does community events. She does education for the community. So we brought her in to talk to the students. We had another alum who started her own business with its kids cooking classes. So she has this building now where she has these children's cooking classes. She has summer camps. She has Christmas camps. She has weekends. She does birthday parties. So we bring her in to talk to them. And then one of our graduates created her own job with a local supermarket chain. So she's now the Rouse's supermarket dietitian. And so we brought her in to talk about how she, this is what she wanted to do after her internship experience and meeting somebody in Houston who does the same thing. So she came home, wrote a business plan and submitted it and they hired her. So, and that's just three that I, that off the top of my head that I can, that we can bring to the students to show them that there, there's variety. There's something different out there, endless. right, out there for you to do. But if you want a traditional route, there's plenty mm -hmm. of jobs there. And we bring the, we bring our clinical dietitians in as well to talk to the students because a lot of students, that's what they really want to do. And that's great. And I'm going to support you no matter what you want to do. Do you, these past students of yours, do they, are they open to being preceptors for you then too? 
for a few because you guys have an intern or you're yes. working on getting your internship. We're working on getting our internship back and they have said yes, we will we will be preceptors. Be. So that if we had them in a community setting or if we had an elective week where they could go and do something, mm-hmm. yes, they're they're agreeing to do that. That's and I think that's so great to have keep those connections like tight. And that's such great. Those are all three very vast different like parts of our profession that mm-hmm. probably no one would even think of. Exactly. So that's that's exciting. It is, especially in a very small community. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's so true because that you don't really you don't really hear about those behind the scenes creating their own right jobs. All three vision. of those jobs are in a, 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 the small area around our college. They're not in the greater New Orleans area. And they're doing well. They are doing yeah, well. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. That's exciting. To, I get so excited to hear about dietitians being successful and stuff that they're passionate about. Right. Just like you being passionate about teaching. You've been passionate about it for over 30 years. And now you're helping lead these fabulous dietitians into those great jobs. Which, so. That's why I'm so proud of them whenever they come back and they tell I me what they're, what they're doing. I bet. I'm like, <laughs> you're, you're probably so excited. You're like, oh, that's just so neat that I had a piece of that puzzle. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is great about teaching. And I think that's what's great about our profession because we do, we remember our preceptors and we remember our teachers. And I do. Do you? I do. <laughs> I, re- I really do. In fact, I, I, one of my teachers now I still see her at our state affiliate meetings, and I still call her Mrs. <laughs> her last name. And she says, Beth, please, you can drop that. You can call me Joanne now. I said, I can't do it. I just can't. Yeah, it's not possible. I just can't, right. <laughs> so if you had to give any advice to any dietitian that's kind of wanting to find their passion or really like live out their passion, do you have any advice for since you did so many different things in your career? and I think... Number one, I would say you need to network. So you need to go to your affiliate meetings and and meet people. Get involved in the community on some level. Volunteer. Find an agency that, if you're interested in gardening, well, we have so many community gardens now. So if that's your interest, go there and garden because you will network and you will meet people and it could lead to another job. Be open to possibilities. Um, Find a mentor someone who if this is the kind of job that you would like is ask them hey can you know can I come and talk to you can I spend a couple of days with you and find out what you're what you're doing um, but get involved with your profession um, I think that that is probably the the biggest advice I can I can tell people to do it's what I tell my students so and that's perfect I, I remember as a student you know, there was only opportunities of like being a diet tech at a nursing home. or Right. So there, I mean, like you said that you can go out and find people like gardening and cooking and yoga and you don't have to just be in a right. kitchen or exactly. <laughs> doing right. something and like that. And if, if that's what you want to do, if you're, if you're thinking about changing your career and going into management, you really need to spend a day in Definitely. that environment <laughs> to find out, is this something that I really want to do? That's so so I think that that even for someone who's been working 20 years, um, you really, to, to find that mentorship is, is important. I agree. Well, you are so inspirational. I love, I just, it's so, you know, we have never met before, and it's so great to talk to someone that inspires me just sitting across from you. So oh, well, thank you. I think that's fantastic. Well, I have some fun questions. Okay, okay. These are easy fun questions. All right. So just answer them however you like. Okay. What's your favorite food? My favorite food is a hamburger. A hamburger? 
it, it, I can't help it. It's, it's, you know, it's, that's what it is. What's your least favorite food? Bananas. Banana. Just the taste? The, I don't even get that far. Just the, <laughs> just the smell of them I don't like. And I wish that I liked them because they're cute and they're cheap and they're easy to take around and portable. But I, my students know, don't leave a banana peel in the garbage Seriously? can in my classroom. Yeah, I know. <laughs> is, is that part of the instruction? It is. It is. Right. What's your favorite drink? Alcoholic drink or no? Both. Absolutely. Well, my favorite alcoholic drink is a, is a martini. And vodka my or gin? Vodka. Vodka. Mm-hmm. And then um, otherwise from that, I think a good iced tea. Flavored, flavored, herbal, anything like that. What's your least favorite drink? Hmm. I don't know. Probably, I don't like sugared soft drinks. They're too sweet. I don't like them. I would agree with you on that. What's your favorite smell? I like just clean, soapy smells, like how your laundry smells when you take it out of the, it's the best. out of the dryer. What's your least favorite smell? Oh. Bananas in the trash. Bananas in the trash. <laughs> Other than bananas in the trash, it would probably be just um, the the familiar hospital smells that people don't. Sure. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and then do you have a guilty pleasure when it comes to food? Anybody who knows me knows that my guilty pleasure is potato chips. <laughs> Any particular kind or just potato chips? Plain. Plain. I don't like flavored potato chips. I love it. That's so fun. I, I love hearing those answers to, to everyone's um, loves and not so loves. So thank you for sharing that with me and thank oh, sure. you for taking time with me. And oh, I love it. I'm excited to be in your city and get to know you. Well, go explore our beautiful city. I will. There's a lot to offer. I think we might have to go do a little exploring together. Yeah. <laughs> It was wonderful to meet Beth, learn about her full circle story of being an educator for future registered dietitians, and also experiencing a few of her favorite places in New Orleans with her. Please go to AnnaElizabethRD.com, where my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, is available for purchase, and you can find all the show notes and links to everything we talked about today, and connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.